Coming up, interactive content, TikTok, and the attention economy. You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits. Hello and welcome to our last episode of 2021. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this Marketing Focus podcast. And if you're not familiar with our format, each month we focus on a different marketing method. And each week I interview a different expert to explore the latest advice on making that marketing method work for you. This month has been all about content marketing. And we're rounding up the month with a dive into the latest content marketing trends, I'm calling it interactive content, but it's kind of a lot more than that. Um, we've covered a couple of angles of on this during our new new month back in August, and those were super popular episodes. So when I saw today's guest speaking at e-commerce expo earlier this year, I knew I needed to get him onto the podcast to share his interactive content tips with all of you too. So coming up, expect quite a lot about TikTok because that's where it's all kicking off right now. Um, Expect a lot on the attention economy, just what it is. How do we avoid sameness? Uh, We're also going to be talking a lot about authenticity. If I haven't said that already, apologies if I have. A bit about UGC, social commerce, APIs. Um, There's quite a bit coming up. And it's really, I love the fact we're ending the year with this episode because it's really going to get you thinking about, I guess, the the flavor of your marketing activity in 2022. We're going to meet today's guest expert in a second. But before we do, please do check out our sponsors. Clavio have a new special recipe to help you build brand loyalty. It involves ownership of your data and creates your future growth. Whether you're growing a startup or optimizing your company, Clavio gives you the tools you need to own and access the quality data you've sourced from your customers, the customer first data. Then Clavio helps you manage that data to create the campaigns that build real brand loyalty. Doesn't that sound like a gift worth owning? Learn more at klaviyo.com forward slash holidays. Today, I'm chatting with content marketing expert Marcus Foley. Marcus is co-founder at Tommy, who work with global brands and movie studios to deliver some of the most innovative marketing campaigns of this digital era, all designed to grab the consumer's attention. Their clients include, and wait for this, guys, Netflix, Amazon Prime, TikTok, Red Bull, Coty, that's the group that includes brands such as Burberry, Adidas and Gucci, and Disney. That means that Marcus and his team are constantly pushing the boundaries of what digital PR, content marketing and events look like. Hello, Marcus. Hello, Chloe, and thank you for the uh, amazing intro. I said, are we going to let are we going to let people down slowly from there? Because it sounds <laughs> great, right? It sounds amazing. Such phenomenal brands to be working with. How did you... How did you you get to this point? How did you get into this world of kind of amazing content marketing? Well, it started actually, and this is kind of an odd one. I fell in love with a dancing chicken. And when <laughs> I get and if you think about this, it wasn't any old chicken. It was it was it was special, right? It would dance, it would sing, it would do anything you want. And it was actually quite a subservient chicken, which was a famous Burger King stunt about twenty years ago uh, that Crispin Porter Bogusky agency had done and it was basically someone dressed as a chicken and it was the it was the sort of heralding in the new era of video marketing and i you could just type anything in and it would just respond to you so if you swore it it would tell you off or shake its hand if you said jump it would jump if you said lie down it would do anything and it blew my tiny little mind because like oh wow because it was just a set of instructions that it figured out and it you know it kind of like was 
what it was is it had a profound effect on me because it's about hacking culture and thinking about the potential of digital, which is what I've always thought about. And that every generation of digital offers new opportunity to think about. And Burger King, we, you know, we've seen all the marketing blogs. Burger King have been hacking popular culture since, right? Whether it's, you know, the Whopper sacrifice when everyone's saying you've got too many friends on Facebook you don't even know. We'll get rid of 10 of them. We'll give you a free Whopper to, you know, like starting to use out of home in an interesting way with Whopper Detour. Go near a McDonald's, download the app, and we'll give you a free Whopper. I mean, they've been doing that since. And I've always, I've always been drawn to those kind of brands and that marketing. It's just sort of, it got me there. That's, that's kind of what got me excited about the industry. Wow. Yeah. It, 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 there is so much inspiring stuff and I'm sure you're going to share some more examples of some of these inspiring campaigns, but it's, it's almost like creativity run wild. And it sounds like an awful lot of fun, but of course you will, you have to drive results too, don't you? Absolutely. Uh, 100%. And you know, you, you, you say what Netflix and those brands, they are, you know, they are, they talk about creating popular culture and it's like a easily banded around terms in industry, right? But no, we do and you have to, right? And that's what it is. And, uh, you know, that where, where you set off with, with Netflix, I don't think we would do with other clients or setting examples. It comes with a lot of weight as well and, and, uh, and it's heavy to carry sometimes, but it's exciting and it's a really exciting place to work with and work with brands like that. And as a business, you, you frame yourselves up as being all about the attention economy. So can you explain a little bit about what that is, please? Yeah, if I give a couple of minutes on this, if, if I can, because mm-hmm. the, atten- the thing about the attention is all about being an antidote to zone, the zone out culture, right? We're, we're, everyone's zeroing out. We know, we've seen all the numbers. We get we get too much content. We're fed too much. I talk about this thing. That I've, I mean, I'm a, I'm a bit of a content obsessive really and I suppose I specialize in sameness but not any old sameness it's that sort of mind-numbing attention deficit kind of sameness that you know I know what it takes and in truth it's really it's an effortless endeavor to to create it right so you know the thing about sameness it doesn't run deep and it doesn't doesn't help step you know hop and skip into your consciousness and dance around and leave this everlasting impression on you and it's that kind of you know that first that kind of impression that sort of smart deviation from the norm and it's not wrestling stuff's not wrestling my attention from the grass of our scrolling thumbs so we have to think about attention in a really different way and start asking ourselves a very set of different set of questions as marketeers you know it's not about doing difference for different sake it's about thinking about the way the mind is working the neuroscience the way we're capturing people's minds catching their attention because if you're really really truthful People are scrolling and you've got to think about what is becoming just viewable and what's becoming memorable. And I've become obsessed with saying this. I really have. And I do these other talks. If you ever look them up, I do talks on whiskey. Is it is a good start. And that's probably where it, this infliction started on me. I become quite irritable when I think about with some whiskey brands and the way they market because you know, it starts with like a millennials with white teeth sitting around, huddled around the table with a bottle of whiskey in front, right? There you go. You can probably, you've seen that picture yep, a thousand times, those forced moments of togetherness or, or a purpose-driven statement that's probably shallow as it is deep, right? And I, I, I became obsessed with whiskey as the, you know, this overbearing sense of um, irritation, really. It's, it's the root of all evil. And I was kind of drawn to the oak casts and the roaring fires and the highlands and these assisted sort of smouldering Scottish VOs, right, with their armchair smugglers of achievers of satisfaction. And they were just unidentifiable and uh, they were just blending into each other, which is a nice little whiskey pun there, right? But I just couldn't see the flavour profile in any of it. And, I, I, and when I said I was drawn to it, I mean, I just didn't get it. And I, it was like nothingness. I felt emotionless with it. And there was no flickering on the inside. And I, and I was 
I was fascinated by it. And it hasn't eased its light grip on me since. And I, I see, you know, at best, this virtue signaling about innovation and purpose from whiskey brands. I think, oh, it's absolute. I'm not allowed to swear on this, right? But no. you can put the, you can put the, you know, you can imagine what that, <laughs> you can imagine what I'm thinking there is, right? And I, you know, I, I said to you, it's like I am a content obsessive, so it is those smallest things that I get obsessed with. So I think they have the biggest impact in marketing. You know, I talk about craft, the work we do. I talk about those little moments, but we've only got a second and a half. We've got to think about that, you know. And it just, it just wasn't right. And that's kind of where this thoughts around attention, the attention economy started for me and really when you start looking into the neuroscience and start thinking about the way the brain is behaving think about creativity from the past the way you know great creativity used to bring you into something and you had to figure it out it'd be a conundrum or something to think about right and then when you bring something to it and go ha and have that moment with something you're making a connection to people's minds and brains right and if you're doing that you're being memorable but so much of what we're putting into the content system is just a bottomless pit of content going in because we're trying to keep up with the algorithms, and yet we're not really, really thinking about how we're connecting to people's brains and exercising people's brains. I totally get what you mean about that sameness being so dull. I have to say, sometimes I see an ad and I'm like, oh, they clearly saw what competitor Y was doing, and the boss went, I want one like that. They've just created essentially the same ad on a different beach. And you're like, what was the point? I mean, I, you now just look like them. Surely you stand for something else. And I think every, I, I've had this conversation many a time at an e-commerce big show, you know, at the NEC or, or at the, um, uh, you know, any of the kind of big events we go to. And there's all these stands of e-commerce SaaS businesses and providers trying to tempt the retailer in. And you look and you go, I don't know what you do because you're saying e-commerce simplicity or personalization, but I still don't know what you actually do because it's, it's just this kind of not actually standing out. And we kind of, I guess what, what you're saying is we, we can't just being crazy is not the solution. We've got to find out a way of standing out, which fits with our brand, fits with our values, fits with the customers we want to achieve. So just hiring a crazy influencer to be in our ad is not the solution, is it? We've got to be a bit, bit cleverer than that. We talk a lot about digital brand worlds, right? It's not, it's not just about your brand, but it's about, it's about that tone of voice. It's about what you portray. But I also talk about the active energy, the pace, the, you know, those those things that are identifiable you and no one else. And when I do the talks and, you know, you have to really think about all these things together. And, you know, you talk about cloud solutions, right? Well, you know, how many B2B marketing, I'll tell you a story. I met Adobe when we started to work with Adobe and I met the B2B division for the first time. And look, we're Netflix, right? So we're very consumer led, but not, we're not a B2B <laughs> agency. And she said to me, she said, you, you know, and I think she was trying to catch us out. She said, you've got no B2B experience, have you? And I went, no, it's great, isn't it? And she went, what? And I sort of said, well, we're all human, right? And I said, and I promise you, we're not going to do the same as everyone else in the B2B market. And it's not about like be crazy and create. It's like, no, you've got to create points of difference. If I if I took the word for every single cloud solution business and put them, map them all, map 20 of them up against each other, you can just swap them over and swap them around, right? So what is it about? You have to really craft about that thing about you that pulls, you know, makes it identifiable you and no one else. Otherwise, you're selling cloud solution. You're not selling your brand cloud solution. It's quite, it's quite important differentiation. So we're talking big brands here, but of course the audience are in the e-commerce space. And how does an e-commerce brand 
start to do this, especially the ones with the, with the lower budgets? How how do they start to take this route of differentiation to create these kind of interactive content moments and campaigns that can help them stand out from the other people selling the same product as them? Well, it's it's interesting. It's it's a big question I could discuss for the hours on that because <laughs> you know it's like well it's all very easy for the big brands, but I you know you watch these emerging brands and where they come from and you think about it. So Nice is one of the drink brands, and if you look at some of their marketing and look at their Instagram feeds and look at the content they're putting out, they haven't got budgets, and yet they are outperforming a lot of the big holding drink companies in my opinion because it's very unique content. It has a tone of voice. Sometimes it's about you know if you're a smaller business, it's about having someone who's got that right tone of voice and is very very sociable if they're going to be if you're going to be pushing out a lot of social content to sort of you know be a bit more human we'll talk about that a bit later right authenticity human human centric marketing in the digital economy connecting to people in really interesting ways is not happening now so there are there's lots of there are ways of doing it you have to be just very smart with it i i, I um i got sent this thing called the russian boo club on uh the, the other day and i was like and it's like this sort of throwback 1970s south of france exclusive members club uh or i thought it was anyway and the content's incredible it's all sort of quite sort of uh yeah quite dreamy like and very you know it's, it's i think it's aston martins and you know it's uh, but you start reading the content and you realize it's actually a wine brand that's about to launch and i know it's like three guys in east london who live there and they've got no marketing budget behind this but it's one of the most cleverest sort of Instagram feeds and pieces of content I've seen. So people are just crafting that in really, really interesting ways, crafting that personality or that content. It's no different to, you know, if you, I'm a fan of Leon restaurants, right? Living in London, for those of us who live in London will know them. And I've worked with John and Henry from Leon. But they, you know, originally used to go into the Leon restaurants on the wall. They have all the, the pictures from the, the childhood and all the stories from the 60s and the 70s. They're not real. They're just their pictures they bought. Right? There are a couple of pictures from them. It's about creating story, creating brand and creating those things that helps you be distinct. So in essence, in short, it is about crafting that content and just thinking about it in a way that's not, you know, it's not about put another image up and then just put some copy in there on, on your post and that's your job done. It's not. You have to think about how you're connecting to people uh, to connect. Personally, I think that that the smaller brands have it easier than the bigger brands because mm. you can buy authenticity, you can buy powerful marketing, but you have to have the right strategy, the right identity, the right mission, vision, whatever it might be at the center of your business. Mm-hmm. And that's that, and it kind of has to be strong and pure and solid and well understood by the team. And that bit is much, much harder to do as a big business than it is for a small business, which I guess is why those three guys in the East of London who have come up with this wine brand have been able to do it so well and so clearly because there aren't the corporate voices fighting over the identity. Mm. So I th- I figure like it's a real way in which the smaller guy can make take a march on the bigger guy. I think I think, you know, if I got my go-to brands that I if I'm doing content classes with anyone, we would sort of talk pretty little thing is one that I find fascinating, right? Fast fashion. But if you look at pretty little thing, you know, their their purpose statement, you know, they celebrate everybody. And it is really truly everybody type. It's everything's on there. And, you know, women look fabulous and amazing. It's not about your body size, but it's about celebrating you as a, you know, a woman and womanhood and sisterhood. But I think the marketing, I'd say the marketing team embody and encompass everything that they talk about. You can just tell it's in the, it's not a tone of voice they've developed. It's just them, 
right? Mm-hmm. And you and, and then you look at the social content and the feed and the way they talk and interact and create community content and that. It, it's probably because they have people in there, as you said, which is easier for them to have young people who really get what these uh, the social channels, the tone of voices, and how to connect with people, the communities of like-minded people and who care for things that you care for without it being a purpose-driven statement that uh, a 50-year-old marketeer like myself has had to sort of, you know, develop with a strategist and uh, come out <laughs> and think, yeah, I think we're there now. Should go and say that to the market. And, and, and you can see the difference, right? You can see the difference. So that's probably a bit more about the marketing teams and showing they've got the right people in their marketing teams as well to, to really, you know, bring a human side. We're going to say human quite a lot today. I've got a feeling. <laughs> now, um, Mark, as we said, I said the word TikTok in your intro, and I know yes. you've been doing some super clever stuff with TikTok. So um, without trying to take too big a change in direction, how much should we be paying attention to what's happening on TikTok? How much should we be on TikTok as an e-commerce brand? Is it Should we be there? Should we just be watching? Should we be taking inspiration from there? Where do you see see TikTok for the e-commerce world in 2022? There you go. Massive question for you there. <laughs> it, well, I, I, I'm going to give you a short, I can give you a short, I can give you a 10 minute answer. <laughs> How much should you be on TikTok? Lots. <laughs> There's the short of it. Mm-hmm. You should be on there lots, right? That doesn't, that's not very helpful to anyone listening, right? I doubt that. But, you know, TikTok has become in essence, one of the most culturally important platforms and what, you know, the content culture of TikTok is seeping out everywhere. And the behaviors on TikTok are really changing the way we should be thinking about everything that we're doing in marketing. Um, I'll start with, because that's a big question. We've probably talked, there's different mm. parts of that, right? I think about, like, you think about the creator economy. So, you know, we're all reading about the creator economy now. And so brands need to have a bit of a rethink on that. And if you think about, you know, as marketeers, you talked about influencers early influencers created their following through carefully curated lives right and they're human billboards that just had the attention of brands you can easily slot into their world it's polished it was edited it was perfection the thing that's causing a lot of people anxieties right it's quite hard to keep up with now creators they harness their own talents on a topic and they create content that's inspirational entertaining educational it's engaging but they know how to create content and grow sticky communities, right? And they and they leverage their audiences in different ways. And in the simplest terms, influencers monetize audience and brands and creators monetize their audience directly. So it's really interesting that like, the business models are changing. If you've only got to look at what is happening on TikTok with creators and the way it's working, it's a fundamental shift in the way we think about everything. So when I do my content classes, masterclasses, I'm like, Think about even how influencers are doing. How can you then become more of a human brand and become and think about this the way they are working on TikTok is really important, right? So there's a fundamental shift there in terms of influencer marketing and the content. Second part of that, the big thing that's going on with TikTok right now, they talk about there's a great piece of research they've been doing. It's about joy and authenticity, which we'll get more we'll, I'd love to talk a bit more about, really. And it's um, you know, it, it's 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 a space for joy, TikTok, and a space to be authentic, and it's a space to engage and truly entertain. That's what it is, right? So brands that understand this, can contrib- they talk about can contribute to the TikTok experience, but in return, they're going to benefit from huge reach and engagement on the platform because it's there, right? And, and that's kind of fascinating because it's just, I think it's profound change going on next year with that. 
and obviously we'll talk a bit more about the the TikTok to shop talk. I think it, we we were talking about earlier, and and that that sort of fundamental change in the way we're shopping right now. And TikTok is you know where it becomes more natural. It's, TikTok is in short, right? It's designed for discovery. That's what the audiences tell you. Therefore, it's a source of inspiration. So every swipe gives TikTok as a new thing, right? And and it's part you know it's part of the conversation. So what happens on TikTok doesn't stay there. It goes and seeps into culture and influences everything. So you know, you know, if you go and watch TikTok and go down those rabbit holes of all sorts of places you can go, it will teach you so much. I know it's an obvious thing that we get taught, like, but just go and spend time in there and look and look at the creators, look at brands, look at people. It will teach you so much. And and TikTok's built for creativity. Now, you know, because that line, don't make ads, make TikToks, right? But TikToks is all about creativity and experience. And brands who are doing really well in there are flourishing in there because they're going in and being creative and showing an authentic side and they're adding to the TikTok experience as opposed to making an ad and going in there, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it changes all that. The numbers in there are insane. I mean, the numbers are insane. And because of the way the algorithms work and everything else, highly niche audiences, you can find the people that are going to be really buying to what you are, whether you're a small business or a large business. And that's um, something that's uniquely different about what TikTok's doing. And then all the fundamental changes going on with TikTok and Shopify and augmented reality and all the other things that we'll probably talk about now. We will. But I just want to clarify what we're saying here on the TikTok front is we should all be watching it. And some of us will just take inspiration to use elsewhere. And some of us will go, oh, I want to dive in and get, get yeah. busy in this space. And yeah. both of those are okay reactions aren't they but you've got to be aware of what's happening there yeah and successful brands are expressing themselves with us as opposed to you know that if you think about that you know for those people who follow the marketing models philip colton's marketing models and i'm sure there's plenty of people who do and i i don't but product-centric marketing versus human-centric marketing right so product-centric marketing is like our sneakers are great right human-centric marketing is nike right don't ask if your dreams are crazy. Ask if they're crazy enough. Just do it. TikTok is human-centric marketing in, in its purest essence. And like a couple of years ago, we tried to learn how to not force our message down people's throats because people don't like ads and they're not connecting with them because there's a lack of attention. TikTok is all about human-centric marketing. For brands who are going in there, adding to the experience, they're doing really, really well. Are there a couple of brands it would be great to, for us to take a look at on TikTok who you, you know, who are like, don't copy them, but take inspiration from how they are bending their messages. Yeah, there's I mean there's there's, there's different ones. Um we we've been working with L'Oreal and we work with a number of L'Oreal brands on there. So just go and have a look at some of the L'Oreal brands on there, the way they're the way they're t they're treating creators and influencers. It's a fundamental change, the way they're thinking about live commerce. It's just, you know, it's amazing what they're doing. And they're obviously for, you know, organic and paid content. They're using augmented reality to do product trial and all those things. So I think look at some of look at L'Oreal. They're amazing. I'm going to go back to Pretty Little Thing. Go back to them, you know, because if you go on their TikTok, what was really interesting, I saw a piece of content the other day and it was one of the marketing team talking, but they've got their laptop up and they're filming their laptop and they're showing a product and they're talking you through it. It's like a real person talking to you. It's lovely. But no, it's not a to face thing. But it's like, it's just even the way they're in there, like they're either being helpful or guiding you or showing you something or doing something. So they're, you know, they're some of the best practitioners. We did a piece. I'm not, I, this is not a plug because I'm not here to plug agent, my agency, right? We just did a piece for the Weather Channel, right? For IBM Weather Channel. Like, how the hell, millennials, they're, 
Gen Z aren't interested in the weather, right? Are they really? And like, how, how do you make the weather channel interesting on TikTok? Well, we've, we've just done some pure, pure advertising pieces. And basically it was, um, you know, the, the weather channels, it's all about accuracy. And the one of the biggest themes on TikTok is is tricks and stunts, right? So, you know, it's like the accuracy of stunts. We've got uh, we've got, we've got a woman throwing an axe behind. She's not even looking at it lands in the bullseye. We've got ping pong balls bouncing. It's like, you know, accurate, just like the weather channel. But what they've done, IBM, you have to force people and not let them play away. It's like they've really created content that sits really well in TikTok and doesn't jar. Mm-hmm. And is actually, so you even add something like that, the paid advertising on there can add to the TikTok experience, even though it's an advert. So, yeah, there's, lot, and there's lots of great examples of that, I think. Now, you teased us with the mention of TikTok to shop earlier. So can you tell us a little bit more about what that is and how, because um, that, that sounds like something an e-commerce brand needs to know about. Well, I started, I put the talk together at the beginning of the year because, it, you know, I started to think about the new frontiers of product trial, right? And um, I, I, I've started to say this a little bit too much, but I remember seeing uh, a piece we did for, Laura, for Nutrice and it was a ha- change in your hair colour. And it was an augmented reality piece. You could shake your hair and it would just change the colour of your hair. And it looked super real, like really real. And it blew my tiny little brain. That's the thing I've got to stop saying, by the way. I do have a tiny <laughs> little brain, but I, I do that. But it was the ease of pro- product trial, how quickly you could change your hair colour and then drop, you know, really from there, drop something into the shopping basket. So it's the speed in which that transformation is, is unbelievable. And it's like, oh, wow. And that's probably why we've done 130 campaigns this year with augmented reality of, all shapes and sizes and various things we're doing because you know it's allow it allows people to interact it allows people to take hold of your brand and do things with it and you know it's just it, it's fascinating and then that's kind of where the talk around we talked about that new age of influence and and the evolution of commerce really is what what the, the talk was about okay cool and um so it's it's really about get kind of starting to create that that's that step between the TikTok content and that call to action without it being too bye, bye, bye. 100%. Well, the, the evolution of commerce and that shortening gap is about who we buy from now. So it's about who we buy from constantly changes. And that that's what's changed. We, we buy from people we follow rather than necessarily going to the physical store or going to the brand's websites. And social commerce is, represents that ultimate merging of like, I put these lines together. I think they're really good, right? Money and influence, economy and culture, self-monetization and self-promotion, right? But that's it's all coming together in its sense and turning that consumption into creativity. And we're monetizing people's attention. We're monetizing people's attention because they're in there and they're hooked and they're they're looking for the next thing. And um, that even though there's been a, you know the pandemic, and I, I I promised myself I wouldn't use that word today because I thought it's, it's a word <laughs> I didn't want to use, but because a lot you know the pandemic has given a large shift towards e-commerce on social, I mean, it's really 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 accelerated that right, and I think you know TikTok to shop and TikTok and Spotify's late release is part of that shift on social networks to create content and have a shopping part you know path to a basket really really rapidly, and that's whether that's on Twitter's latest product release or TikTok or wherever that is so that's good and you know the other thing it does is it opens up that you know the thing i was talking about is the collective review power mm-hmm. of tiktok which is brilliant and you know um god i'm going to say nike again and people switch off when you <laughs> do that but there's a great example i think uh, i'll have to find the the reference to you we'll share it later it's um something gold from nike but it's all about collective review power it's like it's put they want to put the community together and, you know, basically it's about how good they all look and it's about things that are really important to them, things that mean stuff to them and, and product they want to buy. But it's 
doing it the way Nike do it. And it's all about that collective review power helps people sell product. And it's um, that's sort of that inspiration meets conversation meets commerce, which is so exciting. And it's it's going to have a profound impact next year. It really is. So get yourself ready. Get it. You know, get get stuck in. That's the that's the message, right? Definitely, because it, it, it's not what I'm. What I'm really taking from everything you're saying, Marcus, is that this is not a. It's not a linear thing. We don't go to TikTok and just put up some posts. We go to TikTok and we put up some posts, and we recruit some creators to talk with us. We engage our customers and get them to talk with us and and get involved. We create uh, augmented reality pieces that people can use to kind of to explore our brand ever further and then we potentially add some ads over it and then we potentially take that content we put it somewhere else so we we can't think in this there's my tiktok strategy there or my tiktok posting strategy there's my instagram strategy there's my this we have to see this kind of blurring like a human being would blur their activity across everything we've got to kind of behave more humanly which i guess comes back to your point on authenticity absolutely and and I think those who are successful on TikTok are just are in there and live and breathe it, right? So that's kind of that's kind of an obvious thing to say. But yeah, don't don't just think about the posting of something. I mean, people are doing it on Instagram and Facebook, and you, you know, I'll pull up, I'll go back to my whiskey post, right? So you know, they have a, the the millennials again around the table with some food on the table and the whiskey, and then it's like a post, right? And that's it. And they think that, that that's the brand as brand marketers, we've done our job, and we'll pick some off the social calendar like Chinese New Year tick, and we'll put some you know Chinese things on the table to tick, and then put the whiskey bottle there and tick, our job's done, right? No, you have to think very, very differently about that. And, you know, a lot of the content strategies that you see have the same piece of content on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. That's not going to work on it. That's not going to work on TikTok. But let TikTok teach you how you should think about Instagram and how you should think about Facebook or, you know, or Twitter or Snap or some of the other products, I think. It does seem to be like you can take a TikTok and use it on another platform because it's just superior. But but you, you on the others you've got to really make you can't. It doesn't work in reverse, I guess, is what I'm supposed to be supposed to be trying to say here. Absolutely, and but I don't want to go into the small business thing now because I said I sort of thought about this. And I thought I should share some small business things. So I know I'll reference the Nikes and the, the Netflix and the, the the bigger brands. But you know, there's it's really interesting that. If you look for small business, anyone who's listening in who's a small business, there's a huge diversity of subcultures and communities and fandoms for every business on TikTok. Doesn't matter how large or small, it's something for everyone. There's an audience there, right there, right? And and you know, their shopping habits represent what is important to them. So if you look up, for example, the hashtag small business love and shop small business, you know, they they've, they've had millions and billions of views because they want people who are really into, you know, ensuring that they support local local businesses and small businesses. And you know, we do it in where we live, but actually people do it as well through social. Thinking about Black Friday, there's like, you know, the support black owned business and black owned business has a nearly a billion views, which is, which is wonderful. So it doesn't matter, you know, and those subcultures go deep. And let's talk about crocheting, right? Crocheters of TikTok, I've got the notes here, 735 million views. Craft ideas, wow. 300 million views. Mums of TikTok, up for the mums, right? Two <laughs> billion views. Cocktail recipes, hundreds of millions. I mean, it's all in there so you know if you spend rather than going really wide on your media spend just to try and get a small amount you can go for that small amount and they're all there and if you do it in the right way and be really authentic and find your audience that'll do it and the algorithm 
will prioritize that content to people because the algorithm is so clever on TikTok, right? So if you are in that niche and hashtagging and doing the right content, it will find your audience for you. That's important. There we go, everyone. Some some super practical tips there. Um, Marcus, we are now going to pause for a mind of our sponsors and then we're going to talk about even more and get the insider tips out of you too. Great. Clavio have a new special recipe to help you build brand loyalty. It involves ownership of your data and creates your future growth. Whether you're growing a startup or optimizing your company, Clavio gives you the tools you need to own and access the quality data you've sourced from your customers, the customer first data. Then Clavio helps you manage that data to create the campaigns that build real brand loyalty. Doesn't that sound like a gift worth owning? Learn more at klaviyo.com forward slash holidays. Okay, Marcus, so far we've gone deep into kind of everything, actually. I was going to say interactive content, but we've covered a lot. Um, now you get to wow us, though, with your insider knowledge about the whole of content marketing. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with content marketing, which does, include, does, of course, even include everything we've already talked about. So, Marcus, are you ready for the insider tips? Go on, then. Okay, we're going to start with newbie advice. We've inspired someone to take their first step into this area today. What do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? First of all, follow TikTok for business, right? Everything's there, everything you need, right? And you know, if you're just starting up, here, here's the thing. Mix and match organic and paid content is the best way to boost your presence. The, the, the 10 or 12 things they'll tell you to do is like create the perfect profile, which is an accurate representation of yourself, engage your audience, create content that keeps the users coming back. We've been talking about that a bit today. Keep posting regularly, double down on anything that's really good. Tell your stories that be you know, authentic, be human, whatever that is, but tell your stories, but be authentic. You don't have to be perfect, which is wonderful, right? Because we're, uh, we're not all perfect. We don't need to be. So, you know, where we really, um, when we're doing our advertising in other places, we mull over and you know, some of the smallest things for, for days, it can go backwards for you. You don't need to do that on TikTok. If, you, if you're too slow, you're too slow. It's not good, right? And then, you know, trend be a trend follower. So that's not that's a bit of a weird advice, but understand the trends on TikTok and jump in there and work out what's practical for you um, and show show your face. Let the audience, you know, that thing I talked about, pretty little thing, talk to the audience, show your face, become real on there because it's, it's good to do that. And um, focus on giving value. Not going viral is really important because then, as I said, you can actually find your smaller communities and have a much deeper conversation with them, which is really exciting. So that's tip number one for the beginners. Excellent. God, it's given us all a lot to think about. Was that 11 dozen, 10 or 11 tips there, wasn't it, within one tip? (laughs) There were plenty. I think we've given plenty on that one. Okay, Marcus. Now, once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. So what's your favorite way to improve content marketing performance? Oh, well, definitely. Like, use TikTok branded effects, right? Because that's what we're doing a lot of on TikTok. And the AR explosion um, is bringing storytelling to a whole new level. But it invites the users to tell your story as well. Look, and I'm going to say pandemic for the second time. But because of our devices, you know, we, we're used to pointing and clicking and opening up things in AR. So it doesn't matter if you're putting an AR piece. You can use it on both TikTok, but you can also use it on a, an out-of-home poster or a bus shelter or anything, right? People are used to pointing and clicking and opening up all the reality. TikTok and branded effects are amazing. I mean, the numbers you get because you are giving people stuff that they can use, look great, do their own version of, and then they share, right? That shareability. That's, you know, back to viral. So that's definitely something I'd recommend. Excellent. Okay. If someone listening wants to learn more about all of this, is there one cheap or free resource you'd recommend? TikTok for business. 
So it's on there. Just go, sign up for it. Google it. You'll get great. You, honestly, you'll get great reports, great thinking. I mean, Google, is, you know, TikTok is swiping up all the best strategies in the marketplace at the moment, right? So they're really going quite deep on some of the things that they can teach you, but I think it's great. And also on there, another another little tip is the, because we've talked about today, they've got the, the TikTok creators marketplace. So you can go in there. And you can, um, you know, you can take three easy steps they talk about. So you can find your relevant creator, invite them to collaborate and get insights. You can set budgets, all those things. It becomes really easy to do. So, you know, even TikTok will help you. If you're not a sophisticated marketing machine where you know what you're after and you're going through the influencer marketing agencies, then there's a quite easy way of using it on the platform as well. Excellent. Okay, I'm going to add a little one in there as well, which is I know a lot of brands are using uh, TikTok Creator Marketplace to create their Facebook ads these days, <laughs> which just is, uh, is well, mind-bending, but kind of fits with everything we've been talking about. And I'm not supposed to be asking you the questions, but why is that, Chloe? Uh, because um, the adverts create or the video created by TikTok creators is so engaging and it grabs engagement, which brings, <laughs> which is what you need to be doing with Facebook ads these days. So um, we come full, almost full circle. So therefore, Marcus, it must be time for me to ask you the last question, which is, it is finally crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months we should be getting ready for? I try to narrow this down into one or two things, but I think I'm think I think live live commerce events. So uh, LSE did a uh, a piece last week, a couple of weeks ago, with the pop artist. So you could actually she performed, and then you could actually buy her product straight from that life of concert performance, right? So that's changing the game of live live to shopping baskets. So I think for some brands, think about that. But the the other part is 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 I think that sort of product trial to shop. Like you should have those clear paths. Don't make it difficult. It's really easy to do. And, and that is going to be something that every marketeer should be trying and testing and making sure they've got ways to, to shop from their social platforms. Oh, I love that, Marcus. Thank you. Yet more super cool advice. Um, we are very nearly at the end of the show. So could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and their in your business even if you want to if they want to find out a bit more so uh my business is called tommy but the website is this is tommy.com and i think you can find me at marcus foley at linkedin so reach out say hello i do talk to people because that's quite good because i'm a human right so i've dropped the word human about 10 times but i do like talking i don't really do <laughs> Well, I can vouch for that because I, the reason Marcus is here on the podcast today is because I saw him do a fantastic presentation at e-commerce expo. And then I reached out on LinkedIn and he got back to me, which go. not everybody does <laughs> by quite a large margin. And we ended up having this awesome chat for all of you guys. Um, so awesome. Thank you, Marcus, so much for coming and sharing. You have, I think it's an excellent episode to round off the year with because we've gone through so many topics, which are going to be crucial to success in 2022. So, um, Thank you so much for, for sharing your knowledge with us. Chloe, thank you for the invite. And anyone who got any questions, do reach out. I'm happily answer. So a huge pile of stuff to think about there, courtesy of Marcus. I suppose for me, the key things to take out of it are on the big picture front, This I think this very much fits in with that trend we're saying of the creative being more powerful than the algorithms these days on most of the platforms. So having to up that story level, up the emotion, up the messaging in your content to make it stand out, to make it grab the attention. Something we're seeing a lot in um, Facebook ads and in uh, in a couple of weeks' time on this very podcast, we've got a Facebook ad specialist coming on to talk more about that and what's working on Facebook ads now. I think also the, the authenticity side of things we've got to be doing, 
user-generated content, as we discussed last week on this very podcast, but again, uh, being mentioned there by Marcus, bringing people in, bringing influencers and creators into your marketing, which works across all the channels, not just TikTok. TikTok, as weird a place as it is, and I'm still getting my head around it um, as a user, you do need to be paying attention to what's happening on, on TikTok and getting to grips with how it's changing, how consumers are uh, having attention being driven, how creative is being created and use that across your other channels, even if you're not going to start actively being part of TikTok as your brand at the moment. Um, and then I guess the the other thing is he mentioned, kind of we touched in on social commerce, APIs, live commerce. These are things which you need to have in your armory of activity, I suppose, ready to go live with, ready to use, to give you the flexibility you're probably going to need in 2022 to make sure your customers, the people who want to buy from you, can buy from you where they want to. It's a really fascinating space that we're going to see a lot of marketplaces um, opening that tackle those those niche groups, niche or niche groups of customers next year. Um, we are also going to see a lot more people buying without getting as far as your website, be that on WhatsApp, be that on TikTok, be that on the other channels. And to be able to kind of roll with the punches on that one, to be able to get your products in the right place and the, all, the, uh, all the orders going to the right people and, and going through and the great customer service and all the rest of it, you need a system that's going to enable you to quickly check, make those changes. So if you have still not yet got your tech stack sorted, get it done now because it is going to stop you from growing your business if you haven't got that adaptable, flexible tech stack sitting behind everything you're doing. Anyway, that turns into a little bit of a Chloe rant there. So what can you do? You can get links to everything Marcus and I have just been discussing, the full transcript of the episode, important notes and more at keepoptimizing.com. There you can also sign up to our email newsletter for lots of other good stuff. Thank you very much for tuning into this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. Our whole set of episodes about content marketing is now live. So please do have a listen to them all and make sure you tune in next Wednesday when we'll be starting our new series for January, which is four shows about marketing after the cookie apocalypse. So if you've got your knickers in a twist over all the ramifications of the iOS 14, 15 and impending cookie cancelling updates, then make sure you tune in throughout January because we will be outlining the four key things you need to be doing with your marketing strategy in 2022 to overcome, survive it or thrive, in fact, in this new landscape we're operating in. So we're going to be talking about zero party data. We're going to be talking about SMS marketing. We're going to be talking about the whole lifecycle marketing system. And as I've already mentioned, and of course, we are going to be sharing what works now on Facebook ads. All those episodes, as I say this right now, have been recorded because I hunted down the best guests and wow, are they sharing powerful tips. Each one of them is gold. So do not miss a single one of those episodes. And of course, if you know someone else who's also trying to work out exactly how to structure their marketing strategy for 2022 after this cookie apocalypse in this new landscape in which we're operating, spread the word. Let them know we are covering all of it because this show exists to help you and to help them improve your marketing. Have a great week. Make sure you listen to the next episode because I want to help you keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.